and welcome to Yoga Olamit, where we examine the relationship of yoga and mindfulness to people's everyday lives and experiences. I'm Dana Baxter. Today, we are talking with Leah Thomas, a rising senior studying theater education and performance and dance at Emerson College. Leah appreciates both the mental and physical benefits that come from yoga, especially as our lives have been impacted by the COVID pandemic. Leah highlights how yoga can be helpful towards artistic expression, and she also stresses the importance of accessibility and openness within the yoga community. And now your host, Monica Sager. Hi, Leah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like your background? Yes, I am a senior at Emerson College. I am studying theater education and performance, and I'm getting a minor in dance. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, which is a pretty big part of my personality and my identity, I suppose. Yeah, I think my background is majority in what I'm studying. I have been performing for virtually my entire life, and I've been teaching for far longer than is probably legal for me to have been teaching for. How'd you get into the whole mindfulness and yoga practice then? I started going to yoga at the beginning of 2020. Um, I was going to Coolidge Yoga in Coolidge Corner in Boston and really liked the studio. There was this one class I particularly liked taking I was on Wednesday nights, I believe. And that was really nice because it was kind of a midweek, like, whew, okay. I, I liked how my body was being utilized enough in a specific way where my mind could kind of go away and just like leave for a minute. And that was a nice way to kind of center myself in the middle of the week. And I think I just got into that because I heard someone in one of my classes was going to yoga and they're like, it's life-changing. It's so great. You should try it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll try a class. And then I got really into it. And then of course COVID hit. And then I joined Yoga Otsuma in like April of 2020. Now Yoga Otsuma was obviously virtual and the practices you had before were in person. What was that difference like in almost that battling then I guess, the internal battling between practicing virtually and in person? It definitely was different. I think that I didn't, really notice it at the time because I was just so grateful to be doing anything <laughs> like just doing virtual yoga was like oh my goodness I'm gathering a community and I'm moving my body this is so great but thinking back on it I definitely had a lot of trouble getting my mind to clear in the same way that I did when I was in person because there it's you know you're surrounded by all the people and there's the ambiance of the room and you know there's the special music and all these different aspects that make it easier to hone in and focus versus being in my childhood bedroom. There's so many things that are going on. There are like clocks everywhere. So like, how much longer is class or, you know, things like that. And I feel like that was to me, the biggest difference was just where my mind was at, if that makes sense. Do you think you still benefited though in the same way as you did in person? I think I benefited in the same way and also in different ways that I wasn't expecting to benefit. Um, I think it was very much so when I was in person, sort of just an aspect, like a small aspect of my life. Like, okay, I'll look forward to this this week. Eh, I don't have to go next week. You know what I mean? It was something that I sort of did every so often when I felt like I wanted to or I had the means to. 
versus yes, I think the mind component was harder to get into when I was home, but at the same time, it became so much of a larger part of my life and my identity because I was doing it so regularly and it, you know, started to infiltrate itself into more areas in my life versus just being an escape like once a week, if that makes sense. So along those lines, then what became your favorite part about practicing yoga and mindfulness? I think I have three things. One of them was just in community and being with other people who were there to do the same thing that I was because that was not very common during quarantine. You know, you could gather with other people online, you know, to hang out with friends or you could do a, you could do something for yourself, you know, a lot of self-reflection stuff, but gathering in a group of people who were all there specifically to practice yoga was really, really great. And I really needed that more than I recognized at the time. I also really enjoyed the physical aspects that I started to feel. I could feel myself getting stronger and more flexible, more limber. And that was really nice, especially when I, besides yoga and some walks I would go on and things, it's really hard to keep active when you can't leave the house, you know, even if I'm doing yoga twice a day, I'm not getting a fourth of the steps that I would get if I was able to walk around, especially living in downtown Boston on campus. This just not walking as much was really challenging. So I enjoyed having that sort of physical outlet. And I think I also liked just having a timed thing often that was set time for me. Moving home, getting to live with my family again was awesome. And I really miss my family when I'm here. And I, I'm grateful that I had somewhere welcoming and exciting to go back to. But at the same time, spending time with anyone for <laughs> that much time is exhausting. And having time to say, okay, from 6 to 7.30 tonight, do not bother me. I will be in my bedroom doing yoga was a very nice way to sort of have me time without it seeming rude or dismissive or anything. And I appreciated that greatly. <laughs> you also mentioned that you're involved with the arts. Have you seen a benefit within your artistic self-expression through yoga and mindfulness? Most definitely. I think something that I've found from it that I didn't realize I would find in terms of where I'm at as an artist, two things is first, just being really in tune as to where I am physically and being able to really scan my body for, okay, this part's hurting today. This part's good. I'm feeling well here. This is hurting a little and knowing where I'm at and just being present within my body is so extremely helpful in any type of life thing, but especially in performance. And I also feel like the space that I get in mentally after a yoga practice, or even after just a quick meditation of being sort of neutral, you know, I'm not, it's not like I get out of a yoga practice and feel immediately amazing and life-changing, or usually I don't get out of a yoga practice and feel horrible and, you know, I want to cry, but it's a very kind of middle neutral state where things can just hit me as they hit me, which is the ideal space to be acting from like oh, just in a totally open space to whatever comes my way and so I didn't realize that the practice would influence acting more than just 
physical benefit like flexibility and things of that nature and that was a very nice benefit and is a nice benefit do you see that many other dancers are doing yoga as well to like stretch or to get in that mindset that you talked about I don't see it as much for the mindset I think a lot of people more so do things I think they do meditation and slight stretches to get in that mindset um I don't know if it's I'd consider it quite yoga because I think that they're practices within themselves are quite different but um I do think some dancers do yoga it's not I mean it's not unheard of it's pretty popular for dancers to do both because it requires a lot of the same skills and things but I think a lot of dancers don't do it because in western culture I think it's often seen as as a sort of Instagram worthy like exercise let's be skinny and fit and can we do the splits and stand on our heads and all this stuff which is great and wonderful but that's not what it's about and I think because it's seen that way in the media and just in general conversation a lot of dancers feel like they wouldn't benefit from it because they're already doing so much stretching and physical activity and when the flexibility and balance and body type is what is being shown as the benefits of yoga, then I wouldn't do it either if I, you know, with the amount that I dance. So have you ever struggled with those stereotypes or those ideas that other people hold? Sometimes yes, because I think an expectation that you have to look a certain way or be able to do certain things to be really into the practice, which is unfortunate because I think that anyone and everyone can and should do yoga, but I think it's, it's, looked at as oh only pretty skinny wealthy white people can do yoga which is so not true but I do think that it did I, I've known about the practice of yoga and been sort of interested in it since probably freshman year but I think that idea of what and who yoga is did turn me off from it for a while because I didn't feel like oh well these people are going to I don't want to spit on me because I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or like, oh, what if I'm not thin enough to do yoga? What if I'm not pretty enough to do yoga? Like, I've got a zit. Should I be in a yoga class? Um, but breaking down those barriers, I think, allowed me to be more open with myself, not only as someone who practices yoga, but also just as a human being and recognizing that whatever media says someone or something should or shouldn't be is not the reality of things and um that's helped me in a lot of ways totally outside of yoga what tips then would you have for somebody that's just starting their yoga practice i would find a studio or an online program or group that does some kind of trial series like the play school of yoga that i was going to i think they had first month for 30 dollars or something um, it was a really, really good deal. And so I just went to a bunch of different classes and, you know, decided, okay, I like this one. This is one I'd be willing to spend more on. This is one that I, I'm glad I tried, but it doesn't have to come back after the <laughs> few weeks and just go where makes you happy and what classes bring you joy. And, or if they challenge you in a positive way, but I think that it's obvious what communities are feeding into the stereotypes about yoga and what communities are really there for the practice. Um, and try to lean into the ones that are there for the practice because that will be so much more of a positive experience than kind of the toxic yogi 
aesthetic places. Would you though recommend yoga and mindfulness practices to others? Definitely. I definitely have to. I feel like if my friends are stressed or whatever, I'll send them like a meditation video on YouTube or, you know, I try to encourage my friends to come to community class with yoga at small and stuff because I think that it really is a beneficial practice. And even if someone doesn't like it initially, I think it can grow on people. And even if it's not a huge part of someone's life, it can still be such a helpful tool to have in your back pocket just for when you need it. And so I would always recommend yoga and mindfulness to people. Definitely. So I think that leads me to my last question for you. Do you have any last things to say about yoga, mindfulness, the whole gist with dancing or anything else that you'd like to leave with our audience today? Just try it. I don't know. Go for it. Like there's nothing, there's nothing stopping you from going online and finding a free yoga class on YouTube and seeing how you like it. There's nothing stopping you from going to a yoga studio and you know doing the first class free and then seeing what happens from there um i think that yoga is slowly but surely becoming more accessible and so that's a very exciting thing and something that needs to be encouraged and celebrated and so share resources with your friends if you have them um and create the community that we want to see with yoga because i can sit here and talk about all day how i hate the xyz aesthetic of yoga but at the end of the day i do fit in with that aesthetic. And if I'm not the person who's being vocal about the issues within the yoga community and, um, you know, in terms of aesthetic, in terms of accessibility, in terms of cultural appropriation and culture itself, then what am I doing? You know? So yeah, we need to build a community that we want to see. And that starts with us. <laughs> and I, I feel like it's better to just Put yourself out there and try to talk about these topics and bring them up and speak out on them even if you know that you might not be 100 percent correct because i always feel like it's better to try your best and maybe be wrong versus just stay silent and complicit out of fear of being wrong thank you so much leah for joining us today i greatly appreciate you bringing these bigger ideas to yoga and mindfulness and how it's impacted not only you but so many other people and how more people can get involved in the community too. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hello and welcome to Yoga Olamit, where we examine the relationship of yoga and mindfulness to people's everyday lives and experiences. I'm Dana Baxter. Today, we are talking with Leah Thomas, a rising senior studying theater education and performance and dance at Emerson College. Leah appreciates both the mental and physical benefits that come from yoga, especially as our lives have been impacted by the COVID pandemic. Leah highlights how yoga can be helpful towards artistic expression, and she also stresses the importance of accessibility and openness within the yoga community. And now your host, Monica Sager. Again, this is Yoga Olamit. Make sure to tune back in two weeks for another edition to hear about yoga and meditation within another walk of life. Again, I'm Dana Baxter, and on behalf of Monica Sager, myself, and the Yoga Olamit staff, thank you, and we'll see you next time.